we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Let's take our Bibles and go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. We've been in a study of 1 Corinthians, and in our last look at 1 Corinthians, we were in this passage, and then tonight as we go to the Lord's table, I think there's some reminders and there's some things that that we need to be reminded of that will help us as we come to the Lord's table tonight. Nothing you're going to hear if you've been in church any length of time is new to you, uh, and that's okay. The work of the minister is to remind people uh, of the truth of God's Word. And many things in the Scripture need to be repeated. But there are people who come to us and have not experienced the Lord's Supper or have not been a part of this church family long and have not been necessarily, haven't been taught these truths. And so it's always great to review them again. I grew up in church since I was just a boy, I've been in church all my life, really. And I was saved when I was seven years old. I grew up in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. But I think when I was about 30 years old, I heard a message on baptism. And I said to my wife, I've never heard anybody preach on the subject of baptism. And I think some people think, well, that's such an elementary subject to look at, but it's one we need to understand. And uh, it was so helpful for me. And I think it's important for us to understand what we believe and why it is that we believe it, what we are to do as a church, and why it is that we are to do it. That will help us as we move forward. So let's look at this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord that which I also, or that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup, or this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye. As oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto as I come. And we come tonight to the Lord's table, and that's the subject of, of this message, a brief message that I want to share with you, the Lord's table. And I'd like to talk to you about the components of the Lord's table as we come to the Lord's table as a church family tonight. Why is it that we come? 
Well, we come because we've been commanded. There are two ordinances that have been given to the church. The first I just mentioned to you a moment ago is baptism, and the second is the Lord's Supper. Both of them speak of the Lord's death. Baptism is an observance, an ordinance that believers practice. When a person is saved and put their faith and trust in Christ, they are commanded to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Baptism does not bring salvation to you. Entering into a baptistry and a baptismal pool and going under the water, that doesn't save you. Or as some in our community may encourage people to be baptized as infants, that does not bring salvation. Uh, Baptism is simply a testimony, a step of obedience, uh, an outward demonstration of an inward work that God has done in your heart. And so once a person has put their personal faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and they give testimony of their salvation, then they are to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Now, believer's baptism identifies you publicly with the Lord. The the picture in baptism, the word baptize literally means to immerse. That's why we don't practice sprinkling. The word means to immerse. And when you're baptized, you go under the water. You go down, you descend. That is a picture of Christ's death. You go under the water. That is a picture of Christ's burial. And you come up out of the water. That is a picture of his resurrection. And our identity with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. That is why we practice the ordinance of baptism. That is a public demonstration of an inward work that Christ has done in you. It identifies you with the Lord, and it identifies you with his church. The Bible says that that day, the day of Pentecost, there was added unto them a number of souls in the thousands, and they that gladly received his word were baptized, and they were added unto them. How were they added unto them? And who were them? What does that speak of? Well, it speaks of the church. You see, once they trusted Christ and followed Christ in baptism, they became members of the church. They became a part of the church. So when someone decides that they would like to join our church, we, we say to them, number one, have you been saved? Number two, have you been scripturally baptized, baptized by immersion after your salvation? If you meet those two conditions, then you can become a member of our church. If you have not been baptized but you've been saved, then you can follow the Lord in baptism and automatically you will become a member of our church. And we take that from the Bible. The other ordinance, of course, is the Lord's Supper. And what is the purpose of the Lord's Supper? Well, it is to show the Lord's death. And we find that the New Testament church in Jerusalem uh, observed the Lord's Supper. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, the Bible said, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And so we understand this was the practice of the first century church. It is the command of God, and we should adhere to the clear teaching of the word of God. 
So in order for one to come to the Lord's table, there are some requirements. Now, we're glad that everyone is here tonight. I don't know anyone's heart. Uh, our hearts are desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. That's what the Bible teaches us. But what is required of one who comes to the Lord's table? Well, number one, we must know the Lord is our Savior. If we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper, we must receive Christ prior to that as our Savior. We must have a personal relationship with him. And secondly, because this is an ordinance of the church, we must or should have followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And so for you to participate with us tonight in this supper, then we would say to you, according to what the Scripture teaches, you should, number one, know the Lord is your Savior and have your salvation settled. And number two, you should have followed the Lord in believer's baptism. If you meet those qualifications, we invite you in just a moment. Uh, we will observe the Lord's Supper. We invite you to observe it with us. If you are not prepared to do that, then just stay with us and, 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 and be a part of this service. We're praying that God would speak to you through it. And so we understand that we come to the Lord's table as the family of God. We have a place at the table. We talked this morning about the fact that Nebuchadnezzar provided a place at his table uh, for Daniel and his friends, but they, they rejected that place. Uh, they pushed away from the devil's table, from the table of this world, because they had a table or a place, rather, at God's table. And so if you have a place at God's table tonight, then we invite you to commemorate this supper with us. Now, in the Scripture, I just want to give you four thoughts about this table. First of all, it is a table of appreciation, a table of appreciation. As we come to the Lord's table tonight, we should come with thankful hearts. Look, if you would, please, again in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, the night that the Lord was betrayed, he met with his disciples in the upper room, and they, they, they took the Passover meal. And the Passover meal, of course, looks back to the night when uh, the death angel came into Egypt and smote the firstborn of the people of Egypt, those who feared God and put the blood, applied the blood to the doorposts and the lintel, they were spared. That night, the Egyptians compelled the Israelites to leave Egypt, and they were delivered, they were redeemed, by the hand of God. Uh, and they were commanded afterwards to have a Passover meal each year to commemorate, to remember, to express their, their gratitude for what God had done for them. And so this table is to be a table of appreciation. The Lord, as he met with his disciples uh, to commemorate the Passover meal, uh, instituted for us a new supper a new commemoration. We don't look to the Passover. We look to the Lord's death now. He delivered us. 
and his blood that was shed has been applied to us. And therefore, we have been made righteous and we've entered into eternal life. And so as we think about what Christ did for us in verse 24, the Bible said, and when he had given thanks, we should be thankful for what the Lord has done for us. A beautiful song that Brianna sang tonight about the cross and Jesus on the cross in our place. Let's not grow hardened to that. Let's not get used to that thought that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who spoke this world into existence, became a man without ceasing to be God and bore our sins and died on the cross in our place. What dreadful suffering he experienced. He who had fellowship with God from eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, who had fellowship with God the Father throughout all eternity, in that moment on the cross when he was made to be sin for us, cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the Father could not look upon sin. And the Lord was made to be sin for us. All of our sin, all of your sin, was laid upon him. Isaiah 53, the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Every wicked thing we've ever done, everything that we're ashamed of, every, every deed that we have committed that is an offense to God and that has ever been committed that is offensive to God, Jesus Christ made the payment for that. He willingly drank the cup, and we ought to give thanks. It is a table of appreciation. Let me read something to you in the Psalms, Psalm 118, verse 22. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. That speaks of the person of Christ. He's the chief cornerstone. And the builders refused him. That's the Jews. Verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Verse 29, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Though he came unto his own, and his own received him not, he bore our sins in his body, and we ought to give him thanks and praise. So as we come tonight, it is a table of appreciation. Then secondly, it is a table of commemoration. A table of commemoration. Let's look again at verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. This is Paul writing here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it. And said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. It is a table of commemoration. We remember the Lord and what he's done for us. Do you know one of our, 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 our frailties and one, our frailties and one of our weaknesses is that we are forgetful people. 
we have a tendency to forget what God has done for us. We find ourselves in difficult circumstances sometimes, and we think, Lord, when are you going to come through for me? I want you to know he's already come through for you. And we need to remember what he's done for us. And as we remember what he's done for us, then that puts all of our challenges in perspective, does it not? A table of commemoration. Then thirdly, we see that this is a table of declaration. A table of declaration. Look in verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. What does this supper allow us to do? It allows us to declare what Christ has done for us, that he died, that he died. So what is the value of this table and the elements of the Lord's Supper? Well, you think about the provision. It's really a simple provision, isn't it? Nothing fancy or uh, particularly tasteful about the Lord's Supper, a wafer, a piece of uh, unleavened bread that's really tasteless for the most part, a cup of juice. The bread represents the body of Christ, the body that was broken for us. The juice representing the blood of Christ, the blood that was shed for us, the blood that made the payment for our sin. And by partaking in this supper, we do not, as the Catholic Church teaches, we do not receive literally, the bread does not literally become the body of Christ, nor does the bread impart to us salvation. We already have salvation through faith in Christ. But this bread is, 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 is designed for us to show the Lord's death and his provision, the provision of his body and the provision of his blood, that he was the lamb without spot and without blemish. And as Isaiah says, there is nothing comely about him. It looks ordinary. It doesn't look special. It's simple, but it's powerful. The provision. Then we think about the people. Again, the Bible tells us that we have entered into a covenant with the Lord. He says again in verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. We are to partake in this supper. This is a command that has been given to the people of God. That's why we we speak about the requirements for people to participate in this supper because you must belong to the family of God to have a place at the table. We have entered into a covenant relationship with our God. So we think about the provision and the people. Then we think about the payment the blood of Christ that was spilled for us. We are not redeemed by the corruptible things, such as silver and gold, but by the incorruptible blood of Christ Jesus our Lord. The blood of the virgin-born Son of God, who was God and man. That's the only blood that could make the payment for our sin. And so it is a table of declaration And then finally, it is a table of self-examination. Look in verse 
27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, earlier when we looked at this passage, we saw a few weeks ago that many of the Corinthians were coming together and feasting and drinking. That was part of their culture. That's part of the Corinthian culture and their idolatrous worship of their pagan gods. Those who were wealthy would bring great provisions for them and for their friends, and those who were poor would have meager provisions. The provisions were not being shared. There was not a spirit of love, and Paul reproved them for the way that they were commemorating this supper, mixing it with their feasts and their meals. We do know, and we looked at the love feasts that the church participated in, and we understand that those feasts were were not prohibited. In fact, they were encouraged, but they were to be conducted a certain way. But they were not to be confused with the observance of the Lord's Supper. And so he says, we need to examine how we participate. We should come to this table in reverence. In reverence. This provision is not for us to enjoy or to uh, satisfy our taste buds. This is not something for us to rush into flippantly or unadvisedly. This is something for us to come to reverently around the Lord's table. Imagine we're sitting at the table with our Lord. How will we conduct ourselves? How will we approach him? Well, we should approach him reverently. Reverence is something that is in decline in our generation. Even among those in churches today. We try to do our part in promoting reverence in our worship. And may God help us to do so. Recently we had some folks who visited our church and, and they said to me, they said, we, we, we wanted to be in a church where there was reverence in the worship. And we knew we had a problem because the church we were attending was playing the top 40 pop hits in the foyer. Well, the top 40 pop hits aren't designed for us to worship God, are they? So we try to promote a spirit of reverence. As we come to the Lord's table, we should come reverently. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat. So what should we do? We should examine our own hearts in light of the sacrifice that Christ made. We want to come in reverence, but we also want to come to the Lord, approaching him with our sins confessed. We don't want to come to the table with dirty hands. The Bible said lifting up holy hands. If we're going to receive bread from the Lord, then we need to wash our hands. The priests, as they would go in to the tabernacle, would have to wash their feet because their feet got polluted as they walked on the ground to enter into the tabernacle. But we get dirty. We get corrupted. We develop attitudes. We 
do things that are sinful. We respond, we say things that we shouldn't say. And we need to keep short accounts with the Lord. And we need to make confession. And as we come to the Lord's table, how should we come? Well, reverently but reflectively, examining our own hearts, saying to the Lord, if there's sin in my life, Lord, I want to confess it. Holy Spirit, would you point it out to me? David prayed, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. There may be things that we've been blinded to in our own heart that are displeasing to the Lord, and we need to ask God to speak to us. And as the Lord speaks to us, then we need to confess that. There may be things that we know are true in our own life that are displeasing to the Lord. We don't have to ask the Lord to show us those things. We already know them, and we need to confess them tonight because we're coming to the Lord's table. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.